0: Hi guys, my name is Curtis, I'm Cajun, and welcome to the Fantasy Feast podcast covering Theft of Swords, Chapter 3, Conspiracies, and this is actually, so I forgot to mention this book is, it's interesting the way uh, Michael J. Sullivan laid it out, Um, each book is actually two books, so this is book one um, in Theft of Swords. And it's called the Crown Conspiracy, I think. Book one, the Crown Conspiracy, yeah. And so, um, and then book two is called Avampartha. So we're and they they separate the chapters out. So we're in book chapter three of the Crown Conspiracy. And actually, I actually um, went on and looked up and see if see if there were any other podcasts that um, covered Theft of Swords and. I found one that did like a little blip on theft of swords and he, he had a lot to say that I found interesting and, um, but he had read the whole book at that point. So I think maybe we, we can discuss those later. But one, one thing that do do want to mention is this book is for everyone who just loves a good fantasy novel that just stays on the typical fantasy trope, right? You got your, Humans, dwarves, elves, <clears throat> goblins—right, your basic four races—and of course, there's conflict between them all, and um, it it sticks along those lines. Which I really like that he does that because he doesn't try to reinvent the wheel and make something brand new. Um, and I'm sure eventually we'll get into some other series that the author does do that. And they're still fun to read, but this one's just like you can get right into it. You can start enjoying it right away. It's fast-paced, um, mm-hmm. and things happen quickly, so you don't have to be like waiting for action to start. And uh, he does a really good job explaining like the religions, the beliefs, and um, the stuff that happens throughout the book. Like the store as the story place takes place, you get that information, so you're not sitting having to have, like, these just long, drawn-out explanations, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I like the way he does that. We're Go actually ahead.
1: introduced to our first dwarf in this uh, chapter as well.
0: Yep, we get dwarfs. We get a dwarf. I don't think we've met an elf yet. But we, Not yet. We do hear about them. Yep. But we did hear about them in the first, the last two chapters, yeah, too. They are kind of the the lower class, slave, slave class. Mm-hmm which sucks for them. <clears throat> so what do you think? What did you think of this this, this chapter?
1: Oh, so this chapter was, was uh, a bit longer, so we're only doing <clears throat> chapter three. I know we said that we were doing two chapters, but this one was, there was so much that happens that um, we'll have plenty to talk about, but yeah. um, this chapter is fast paced. I mean, within the first few pages, things are going on and then the next Few pages, um, you know. You, there's a twist, and you you're in a different, almost yeah. a different frame. You know, just it continues on so fast, and it, it it's really fun.
0: Yeah. Well, you start it's out a with a chapter to read. Thinking, How are we gonna? <laughs> what in the world how is going to happen? How are they gonna get out of this? And then they get out of it. <laughs> you're just like, how? Anyways, mm-hmm. it's good. It's good. We're introduced to a couple new characters, which is cool. Um, and a couple different perspectives too we're not we're not just stuck to Royce and Hadrian either so we we're reading from the perspective of of different characters in this chapter as well Um, so why don't we get into it chapter three (coughs) and uh, this chapter how does this chapter start off I did I actually read both both of of the chapters just in case you had a chance to read both but I know it was super long and yeah, I don't want this to last all night, so we can definitely just do the one. Um, um, so,
1: so the first uh, the first bit of this chapter starts out. We're still with Royce and Hadrian, okay, and mm-hmm. they're uh, they're fulfilling their mission from uh, Dewitt. And as a reminder, Dewitt wanted them to steal the sword, uh, Count Pickering's sword. Right. So he wanted to be killed chapel. by this magical sword.
0: Yeah, the superstitiously um, good sword yeah. yeah exactly So they're
1: at ascendant castle where the sword is located in an altar um in some chapel room so yeah. um but one thing that, that i want to start out with as well is uh i'm assuming this is the uh the flag but the the crowned falcon standard
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the flag right yeah the
0: standard is the flag yeah
1: so is the Falcon, like a crowned Falcon, just their... It's their, lo- like, royal their crest. family, like,
0: crest? Okay, yeah. that's what I assumed. Essendon family crest is a crowned Falcon. I think it's on a, on a, is it a maroon background? Something like that. I can't remember. Not sure. Um, okay. Yeah, so we start out with Royce and Hadrian. They're, they're going to, to the castle. And it kind of describes, like, the layers of the city. So you have, the, it's the capital city of Melingar, which is Medford. And then you have four distinct quarters. You got Gentry Square, Artisan Row, and the Common Quarter. And then you have the lower quarter. And we know that the, um, the Medford House and the Rosenthorn Tavern, where Gwen operates, um, that's in the lower quarter. So they're the kind of the slums of the city. Like most cities in Avon, Medford lay behind the protection of a strong outer wall. Nevertheless, the castle has had its own fortifications, partitioning it from the general city. So we get a little bit... So you get this this kind of, okay, so we're going into this city, we're going towards the capital, and there's a wall that we got to climb over in order to get into the, basically the keep where the king lives and where the, where the sword is. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it starts out, and yeah. does it start out, so they're watching this pair of guards, and no one's allowed within the walls, within like 50 feet of the walls, and the guards have orders and are trained to shoot anybody at night that gets within like 50 feet of the walls. Yep um but they're not really paying super duper attention they're kind of walking with their thumbs in their sword belts not really paying super great attention they're talking about their off-duty plans and royce and adrian are kind of just in the bushes watching and (laughs) and doing their doing their thing yeah and so this is a very last minute job they don't really have much of a plan besides scale the wall get the sword and get out
1: yeah, and so there's ivy on this wall, and that's how they scale it. So basically, we just, it's telling the story of them just climbing the wall. They um, crawl inside of the window and, you know, they do the normal, you know, wait until the voices disappear, look down the hallway, you know, make sure that nobody's around the corner.
0: Oh, yeah. And they're already past the moat, too. So he mm-hmm. talks about the swim across the moat was bone chillingly cold. The ivy, however, provided quite reliable and the climb was as, as, as easy as ascending a ladder. And then Hadrian says, I know. I now know why DeWitt didn't want to do this himself, Hadrian whispered to Royce as they hung from the ivy. After being frozen then that water, I think if I fell right now, I would shatter on impact. Just in, Just imagine how many chamber pots are dumped into it each day. <laughs> <laughs> I could have lived without that bit of insight. <laughs> And then Roy says, just try to take your mind off the cold.
1: Because <laughs> so, there's, a, there's a bunch of windows right above it, so they mm-hmm. assume that the chamber pots are emptied there, which they probably are.
0: Into the moat, yeah, and they're yep. they're swam right through it. So they're probably yeah. covered in human refuse. Probably. And they're freezing too, so that's fine. <clears throat> so he, he kind of just shimmies his way up, and he goes in, and I like that, I really like that Hadrian just goes in. So he goes in after Royce and there's a burgundy canopy, blah, 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 kind of describes the the wall. And Hadrian remains silent near the window as Royce moves across the room to the door. So it kind of explains this. So Hadrian just kind of stands there and waits because Royce, this is Royce's area of expertise. So Royce is this <clears throat> s- sneaky guy. He can find all the creaks in the, in the floorboards and like hidden traps or alarms. And, uh, does it say No it doesn't. But um Hadrian is they, they have this down to like a science where Yeah. They have their just... Yeah. Yeah.
1: They each have their job, you know, they know what they're doing and...
0: mm-hmm. so Royce gives them a signal, he comes over, and then they go out into the hallway. <clears throat> Excuse me. The hall was empty. So now they are in this hallway and they're going to find the chapel. Um, I just love how easy Royce picks locks. Oh, yeah. He just walks over to the door, finds it locked, kn- kneels down, pulls out his kit, unlocks it, and they go in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super easy for him. Um, yeah. <clears throat> one thing, it's so fun to read characters that are highly skilled. You know, you don't get that a lot from a beginning of a series. It's true. You're getting it's, like especially with fantasy. Fantasy you start yeah. out and and you have the the farm boy who mm-hmm. has no skills and is exactly. a liability to everyone in the party, right?
1: Yeah, and it takes the entire book for them to get trained by some master swordsman or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the last few chapters there they actually use their skill. But right. Here we just jump straight in. These guys know what they're doing. So you don't get any of that to me, it's kind of annoying. I mean, sometimes it's necessary, you know, Mm -hmm. certain stories are like that, which is fine, but it's kind of, it's kind of a break from that.
0: Yeah. So he does, I think that Michael J. Sullivan does a really good job here in this book of uh, creating characters. Um, So he follows the normal fantasy tropes, right? Like um, heroes trying to save whatever, like, and like, you got all the different races. It's just a, the general meat of a man fantasy story. What he does really well is his characters, uh, flip the trope on its head. So you don't have the, You don't have the, the single farm boy, um, no experience, no, no skills. You have two professionals and it's, you have two people, two people are the hero, you know, yeah. and you can follow. And they have, just <clears throat> op- they're just opposites, which makes them so great together. Um, and they work so well together. So then you're reading this and you're just like, man, these guys are good. But it proves that it proves to not really matter because <laughs> they yeah. go into the. So they find the chapel after avoiding some guards, <clears throat> excuse me. And what do they find in the chapel there, Cajun?
1: So they come into this chapel. There's candles lit. Um, it looks like there's a ceremony going on already, you know, essentially. But it's empty like the pews are empty <clears throat> they find an altar I'm just kind of explaining the setup here but the altar is of Maribor who is the God mm-hmm. and Maribor is standing over Novron who is a soldier with a Novron is kneeling down with a sword in his hand it looks I mean it sounded super awesome I, I imagine the whole thing in my mind really neat <clears throat>
0: religious setup. And and right is that. crowning Novron, placing yeah. a crown oh, upon yeah, yeah, his head. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right.
1: Mhm. So, okay. um, what they found was not the blade of Count Pickering, but they found the the king who was the king? laying the king. Yeah, laying in his own blood, pool of blood, dead. Oh with no, with a knife in his back.
0: <laughs> what do you think when you read when you read that? <clears throat>
1: I, I I was kind of expecting this because I just I knew of the premise of mm-hmm. the story. So I said, well, this is probably where they're going to be set up, <clears throat> which is yeah. probably the it, case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you go and they're like, so first they just notice this dude on the ground. Right. And I think <laughs> I think uh, Hadrian walks over to him and checks him and he's dead. So, yeah, lying there face, face down a pool of freshly spilled blood, the body of a man and there's a hand, dagger dagger sticking out of his back. So Royce made a quick yeah. survey of the for Pickering's sword, couldn't find it. Hadrian checks the man's for sign of life, and they, they it's all unspoken. Neither of them has to say you do this, I'll do this. Royce goes, finds the sword. Hadrian goes and checks on the guy. Um, and then Royce taps him on the shoulder and points to the golden crown that had rolled to the far side of the pillar, the full weight of the situation registered with <laughs> both of them. It was time <clears> to <throat> So they yeah. head over the door, they're like, we're out. Now, right as they're slipping out of the chapel, they just hear the shout, "Murderers!" I imagine like a Scottish accent. Yeah, like a uh, gruff accent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I imagine. Uh-huh. This is where we meet Magnus, the dwarf. Magnus the dwarf. What do you think of Magnus? I mean, you don't really get I, too much yeah, from him. I don't get
1: too much from him, but I kind of imagine him as just a, a burly normal dwarf but i also kind of imagine him with like some nice nice beads in his beard i mean Uh he's royal he's not just some some mining dwarf really you know
0: what gave you that impression well he
1: he's in the castle
0: he's but couldn't he just be like a, a hired artisan or something a servant
1: yeah could have been but i mean i imagine he's probably not like a Extremely dirty, gruff-looking dwarf. You know, when we think of dwarves, we're like, "Oh yeah, they, they're, they're workers, right. they're Miners." You know, that's usually usually that's the trope, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he he's in a castle, and he's the very first one that sees him. So he, I mean, right. he wasn't just going to. So he's know,
0: before, the door, to right? to be- before the open chapel door, right? Standing before the open chapel. Chapeldor is a bearded dwarf. Murderers, and he's already got people coming. So there's mm-hmm. so many people here, and I like yeah. I like the interaction between Royce and Hadrian too here. So they're surrounded. Drop your weapons, or we'll butcher you. Butcher, where, butcher you where you stand, soldier ordered. He's a tall man with bushy mustache that bristled as he gritted his teeth. How many do you think you are? How many think there are? Too many. Be a lot less in a minute, Hadrian assured him. <laughs> what would you think of that? <laughs> a lot less Royce, in a minute
1: I think Royce wanted to fight them at first <clears throat> Honestly,
0: Adrian Adrian probably did or hey, I, don't yeah.
1: know. I don't know I think both of them probably, maybe did both of them were like well we might have to fight this dwarf and a couple other people but then they heard all the echoes of all these soldiers around them and then they were like well maybe mm-hmm. this is too many
0: <laughs> they're trying to get back through the door they came in and it's like spiked from the inside so they can't get in so they I think someone spiked it from the inside. We can't fight the entire castle guard so Hadrian, <coughs> Hadrian's just you know mad, <laughs> drops his swords um and they they get they get taken now at this point, we switch perspectives
1: mm-hmm. so now we meet Ulrich ascendant, who is the prince, the son of king um ascendant
0: As- ascendant I think is. Essendon. Um, Essendon is how they pr- pronounce the audio It Doesn't it doesn't okay. really ma- matter, but Al- mm. Alric Essendon. So he wakes up in. What do you think of him? Like his character, just you know, <laughs> first impressions. Al Alric Essendon. I
1: don't know. My first impressions of him was that you know, I, I didn't hate him as much as I hated Arch- Archibald.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, I was like, okay, well, he. So the situation is that he's. Awoken by all these soldiers around him yelling and running around, and he's in with his the maid, uh, Tilly. Yeah, <clears throat> and he he's in some private room with her. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, okay, that, you know that's. That it is what it is. I guess he's not.
0: He's had a a nighttime uh, <clears throat> frolic with the with a maid girl Tilly, and he describes yeah. her like the least. <laughs> like he says that she's the least ugly of the servants. No, she. <laughs> no, he says of all the castle servants, however, she was by far the prettiest. Her she, needs for prettiest... her attracted him. Already, right, but in the morning it repulsed him. Ugh. She's
1: the pre- she's the prettiest girl in the room, I guess. So, <sighs> um, anyways, you, he's, I kind can tell a, you. he's kind of a shallow guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> my impressions of him aren't high. Um, but we don't get too much of who he is just yet, I guess.
0: Yeah. So his father thought differently. He's only 19, but already his father was pressuring him to pick a bride. You'll be King someday. Okay. So you find out that Amrath is his father and he is the Prince of, um, Melengar. Yeah. And his first duty is to sire an heir, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I wish you'd spend the whole night with me, my Lord. Tilly babbled at him as he she, <laughs> as he pulled his nightshirt over his head. Then you should be grateful I dozed as long as I did. Oh man, I it am, is... my lord. Good night, Tilly," Alric said. At least he said good night to her. Good. It's true. But she cl- he closes the door before she could even respond. What is this? <laughs> jerk It's kind of a tool. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is a prince, so I mean, it's true. Typical. He doesn't prince want to get caught with her, I guess. Either that, or he just doesn't care about her at all. It's just unless <laughs> you know both. Yeah. Probably both, yeah. So she slept with the other k- um, maids usually in the dorm near the kitchens, but they use this little vacant one for privacy. And yeah. the captain is looking for Alric, and he walks right into him. And then this guy, Percy Braga, I think, is. So you got Captain Wylin Wa- and. Uh, yeah. He finds out your father's been murdered. So he goes. And he can't believe it. Really, he was just talking to him, you know, a few hours ago. And so they yeah. wanted to stay there, but he wants to go see his dad.
1: Yeah. So I think he he's just in shock right now, as he as uh, Wyland is leading him to.
0: Mhm. Uh,
1: to the altar room.
0: Yep. So. <clears throat> Uncle and, Percy. And they, oh, sorry, uh, go ahead.
1: No, you're good. So this. Let's see. I think he's. They brought his body to his bedroom,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? The king's yeah. body to his master bedroom, whatever. And this is where we meet um, Arista, Alric's um, sister. So these two yeah. are siblings, um, son and daughter of the king.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she is. She's a mess as well. You know, she's holding onto the bed rail and just pale. Um, Eyes wide, you know.
0: Not looking good. Yeah, <laughs> no. So, and he's a little bit in dis in disbelief, and they find his goes his body, and then his uncle talks to him and is like grateful that he's safe. We thought you might have met a similar fate. Um, and then he says, "We can't let you like out of our sight because there might be more in the we c- we apprehended two guys, but there might be more, and your life might be in danger now." they're securing the castle investigation as how this happened and apprehension of those responsible arrangement for funeral and of course eventual coronation so he wants to know if percy barraga wants to know if alric wants to take him to take care of it for him sorry that didn't make a lot of sense alric he, he percy's like offering to help with all this stuff yeah
1: exactly he's saying i'll do everything you don't worry about
0: mhm so he has to get coron- to anything yeah he's got to get coronated like all this stuff. What will happen to them about the killers? The killers what will happen to them? Uh this that is up to you, your Royal Majesty. Their fate is yours to decide unless you would prefer I handle the matter for you, since it can be quite unpleasant. Albert turned to his uncle. I want them to die, Uncle Percy. I want them <laughs> to suffer horribly and then die. Of course, your majesty, of course. I assure you they will. So now we go back to Royce and Hadrian. I think this is from Hadrian's perspective, if I remember right. Okay. <coughs>
1: I think you're right, too. You
0: get, you get this really nasty description of what the dungeons are like. <laughs> <laughs> all the fungus. All the prison
1: mates are just talking about what's happened. Yeah, I guess stuff gets around and they're what I, what I love is one of the prisoners is like, well, maybe they'll uh, reevaluate all of our. <laughs> all
0: exactly. Of you our think the priest, uh, the, the priest will reevaluate our cases, <laughs> review our sentences? I, was, I mean, at
1: least he's hopeful. Yeah, well, probably not but... you know he, he's gonna rot in prison <laughs> he needs to just come to terms with that
0: the guard they said they stabbed <laughs> the bastard right in the back right in in the back in his own chapel what does that say about his piety <laughs> seems to me he was asking for a bit too much from the man upstairs and so they moved two guys out and uh they're trying to talk to him Gotta have some pretty big brass ones to kill a king in his own castle. They won't get a trial, not even one for show. I'm surprised they've lived this long. Gonna want a public torture before the execution. Things been quite a long time. Haven't been a good torture in years. <laughs> so why do you think they did it? Why don't you ask him? Hey over there, are you conscious in that syllabus or did they beat you stupid? Maybe they're dead. They were not dead, but neither were they talking. So they are chained to the wall. Yeah. Their ankles are locked in stocks, their <clears throat> arms are outstretched in manacles, and their mouths are gagged with leather muscles. So they're just yeah. they can't even talk. All their stuff has been taken. They're just standing there in their britches, pretty much. Yep,
1: yeah, and this is when Ulrich comes to, to
0: basically see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, and he like slaps them. He slaps Royce, I think. He does when he when he leaves. But essentially what, <clears throat>
1: what happens is he he doesn't really talk to them because he knows, you know, Ulrich knows that they're probably just going to give him the same old spiel that every other person would if they murdered the king.
0: Yeah, and, he's well, like, we didn't do it. Don't gag <laughs> him. They're just going to claim innocence, you know.
1: Yeah, and he he probably, in my opinion, he probably wasn't emotionally prepared for that either because he he's he's kind of a weasel, you know, Alric. He's not. He doesn't yeah. have a pair of brass balls like hadrian and royce
0: (laughs) yeah exactly like you don't you don't get the impression that Ulrich is a commanding person you know he seems to be inexperienced and Mm -hmm. he's got it seems like he's got pretty big shoes to fill so you're the new kill he he has like a whole discussion with himself about what he's going to call percy his uncle it's like i can't call you uncle percy you can't but archduke is too formal i'll just call you percy and he's like it's not my place to approve your decisions any longer
1: yeah
0: percy is go
1: ahead Uh, i was just gonna say percy is basically kind of commanding the entire situation
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: know Ulrich is basically saying per like he's asking him for the advice you know what should we do with them what should i do you know what are you going to do how how, basically how are we going to Go forward with this. So yeah, you're right. No commanding presence at all
0: with Ulrich. Yeah. Well, P- Percy is like the man, to use the Game of Thrones reference. He's like the hand of the king, almost. Like he's he, the, exactly. the right hand man. You know, and like he's
1: the uncle. Mm-hmm.
0: He's he's Amrath's <laughs> brother. Yeah, and he or brother-in-law. I, mean, I can't. I, I don't think we know yeah, if it's brother or brother-in-law. He but.
1: seems like a just kind of a normal. He knows what he, you know, he knows. Yeah, he knows the politics behind all this. So, mm-hmm. so he's getting all of his information from him. And then they basically say, "Yeah, we're gonna, you know, bring them out and we're gonna torture them in front of everybody and basically kill them. As pull their intestines out and <laughs> yeah, let them die can... a slow, painful death."
0: Yeah. So he's wondering why they should even draw it out. And he says, "Well, they could tell us if they're working for a loan or for someone else. They could even tell us who that person or persons might be." And he sees a mark, a twisted mark in the shape of an M, for, for listeners, that's M is in Mary, on Royce's left shoulder. And uh, he asks, asks what it is, and Praga says it's a brand, it's the mark of Manzant, or Monzant, Manzant, Manzant. Mm-hmm. It seem this creature was once an inmate of Manzant Prison. Alaric looked puzzled. I don't think inmates were released from Manzant. I wasn't aware anyone has ever escaped. And Braga's a, puzzled it by it too. He doesn't know. So, hmm, there's a little bit of intrigue in Royce's past that maybe we'll yeah. find out later. Manzant prison. So he spent some time in Manzant. Yeah, but whatever that is, cool. it's just a yeah. Who knows? Maybe a prison for life that no one gets an <clears throat> inescapable. Yeah. But he must have escaped. It seems like he's escaped. Uh, I really don't think they look like the type to volunteer information. So. If they say anything of merit, have them beheaded if not If not, quarter them slowly, draw their bowels into the sun, and have the royal surgeon keep them alive as long as possible. Oh, and before you do, make certain heralds have time to make sh- several announcement announcements. I want a crowd for this people to know the penalty for treason. Oh boy, so now we get back to Hadrian yeah he he was my father, you worthless piece of filth, and he uh, slaps Hadrian hands. Not Hadrian, sorry, Royce. Royce, And Royce didn't want to take this job to begin with. Right. (laughs) Poor Royce. (laughs) Royce was like, this is obviously a setup. Like, 200 gold tenants to steal a sword out of an open window. This is, like, clearly a setup. But then Hadrian manages to convince him. Because Hadrian wants to do it because for humanitarian purposes. Hadrian's such Mm a... He's a hopeless optimistic, you know, an idealist. And Roy Royce is like the complete opposite. He's a pessimist and a realist. He's like life is not like this. People aren't good. Coincidences never happen and if things are good too good to be true they are look good too good yeah. to be true they are. And so this is just another notch <laughs> on Royce's little rung of things where he's right and hadrian's wrong and it's funny you get more of this but like there's just this battle between the two of them of like hadrian always says that you know everyone has some good in them and then royce is like no everyone's evil pretty much Mm -hmm. and so they just have this ongoing fight about like morality and it's funny Mm -hmm. um and they always just like tally it but i don't know if tally is the right word but we'll we'll get into that a little more as we read so they don't know how long they've been doing a few hours they're hanging in the in the dungeon and uh they can't sleep. It's making the muzzles are making it hard to breathe and uh, <laughs> uh I think Hadrian says something about oh he doesn't want to look at Royce. He so he doesn't say anything. He can't say anything to Royce, my mm-hmm. bad. So um he's feeling pretty guilty about the situation that he's put himself and Royce in. It's all his fault. His insistence on breaking rules landed them there, where they were. Their death was on his hands. So at this point, they're like, "We're gonna die, right?" There's nothing yeah. we can do. Oh, there was also—I forgot to mention. Uh, I think Alric noticed a locket or a little medallion.
1: On Hadrian.
0: On Hadrian. Yeah. So Hadrian's wearing a medallion, and Royce has the Manzant brand. Sorry, yeah. I forgot to, forgot to mention that little detail. All right, so now they've been here for a while, and the door opens again, and a, and this is when Arista arrives. So both of the members of the remaining members of the royal family are now visiting the prisoners. Now what do you think of this moment? <clears throat> what you were expecting? Um,
1: uh, not exactly, but <clears throat> I thought that this was gonna be definitely key to what happens next mm-hmm. because I figured like, well, they obviously can't move. And I, I didn't think that they were going to be able to escape. So I thought, no, it's a, an escape is going to be too much at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have nothing to escape with. So I thought somebody has to be coming down there to basically do something to set them free. And, you know, I, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of a, kind of expected it, but not not in the way that
0: she, not from the sister. Right.
1: Yeah. Not from her and not from. Not with what she basically proposed to them. Yeah, Um, so...
0: yeah, She sends out the guards. You can go Mm -hmm. ahead and explain the scene if you want. Sure. She sends out the guards. And
1: she comes in. She's uh, basically saying, you know, do you know who I am? Uh, Hadrian does know. He says, you're Princess Sarista Ascendant. Ascendant? Ascendant. Ascendant? Ascendant yeah um and you know they they give they give her their names and i I think at this point they just kind of assume well we're gonna die so we've got nothing to hide from her (laughs) yep and that's all they can do at this point is just be honest like hey they basically say we were sent here by a man of by the name of by a man from a man by the name of dewitt they explained to him that they were going to steal the sword um to save DeWitt's life, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and then she, she pauses after hearing the story. She pauses; her lips began to tremble, and mm. um, and then you know, Hadrian of course, is like, "Well, for what it's worth, we did kill the king." <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, um, "I know." This is yeah. This is when she was like, "Well, you were sent here tonight to take the blame for the murder," <laughs> and they were like, "Well, yeah, we figured." <laughs>
0: Are you? Hey, he didn't. He didn't want to. Like he's feeling a little bit of hope. Turned to Royce. Is yeah. she being sarcastic? I can. You can t- usually tell better than I. Not this time. Royce said his face tense. He doesn't know if they if she's being sarcastic or not. I just can't believe he's really gone. Oh, so she's really just sad. I kissed him good night. It was only a few hours ago. Her dad just got killed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've. They're pretty. Norris is upset. She said, there is no DeWitt. There was no dinner party. Even if any of that were true, Allerk wouldn't believe me. Not a person in this castle will believe me. I'm just an emotional girl. They'll say, she, she's distraught. She's upset. I can do more to no more to stop your execution today than I can do to save my own father's life last night. You knew he was going to die? asked. Royce asked. She nodded, fighting tears again. I knew. I was told he would be killed, but I didn't believe it. Tell me, what would you do to get out of this castle alive before morning? Hadrian, I'm thinking about anything How about you, Joyce? (laughs) I'd have to say I'm good with that I can't stop the execution But I can see to it That you get out of this dungeon So She doesn't know Personally How to explore the sewers But she can get them to the sewers And then she explains That she wants them to kidnap Her brother and that is, te- he's the king of Millingard. <clears throat> they, ki- they want, he wants, uh, she wants them to kidnap the king.
1: Yeah, so, and and her reasoning behind this is that whoever killed uh, the king is
0: mm-hmm. going to go
1: for the son next, because they're, she's assuming that this person or these people are trying to destroy the uh, Essendon line Yeah. of royalty, which mm-hmm. sure, like that happens all the time in fantasy novels i mean it happened all the time in history you know it's Mm -hmm. it's a very likable
0: people want the kingdom yeah they want the they want the kingdom and so you got to kill well and so her reasoning they 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 bring up the fact that well if we take the king isn't your life in danger Mm
1: -hmm. she's like
0: well as long as he's suspected to be alive i'm not in any danger because they they have to kill him first right and she's like, I need to make sure everything is all right here. So you got to take Alric. And she says, I like the way that they interact too. It's just everything, Hadrian, it's just funny. You must kidnap my brother. Wait, 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 hold on. You want us to kidnap the Prince of Melingar? Technically, he's the King of Melingar now, Royce said, correcting him. Oh yeah, I forgot, Hadrian muttered. Arista walked back to the cell door, peeked out the window, and then returned why do you want us to kidnap your brother royce asked because whoever killed my father will kill Alaric next and before his coronation i imagine she wants to destroy the destiny line yes but the threat uh wouldn't that place you at risk as well yeah blah 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 um uh, my brother's convinced you killed him all right you have to forgive me a minute ago i was about to be executed and now i'm going to kidnap <laughs> the king things are changing a bit fast for me <laughs> what are we supposed to do with your brother once we've got him out of the city Royce asked, I need you to take him to Gutaria prison and neither of them heard of it. And it's a secret ecclesiastical church prison pretty much. And they needed to go see it's North of Windermere, which is by where the Abbey was had no. talked about from the Alenda was going to, uh, to meet Don Deegan Gaunt. Um, mm-hmm. And they need to meet a prisoner named Ezra Haddon. Yep.
1: And basically the only reason for meeting him is that he's hopefully going to explain everything to Alric well enough to convince him of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, so Royce and Hadrian don't know what's exactly going on.
0: But yeah, but they, they kind of need, they need Ulrich to understand so that they can have their names cleared. Exactly. So it's incentive for them to get him mm-hmm. there so that they can clear their names because they didn't do it, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And they have no choice, essentially, because it's either this or get killed right. tomorrow. Right.
0: <laughs> so, they like, okay, like, we'll do it. Yeah, so she has a plan to, like – oh, and he asks, what's, what's to stop us uh, – this is likely a really stupid question for me to ask, Royce asked, said, but what makes you think – we won't just kill your brother, leave his body in a sewer to rot, and then just disappear. Nothing, she replied. Like you, I simply don't have a choice. So she's relying on the mm-hmm. word of two thieves because she doesn't have any other choice. <laughs> so there, the plan is to change, bring in some monks to read the last rites to them. And while they're in there, tie the monks up instead of the thieves. And the thieves wear the monk's clothes out and they're going to take their, their belongings and for the poor, and mm. uh, they're going to meet Ulrich in the kitchens, and kidnap him, take him through the sewers, and out of the city.
1: Yep. Which is exactly what they do. Um, mm-hmm. They The monks, they weren't an issue. Um, and, yep. Uh, they put their hoods up, they up. walk
0: down into the kitchens,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I and like this is... too. Go when ahead. when Alrich is
1: questioning
0: her, no, no. Uh, this part part where Hadrian says, "Aren't you Aren't you going to say I told you so?" Oh yes. Yeah. What would be the point in that? Oh, so you're saying that you're going to hang on to this and throw it at me yeah. in some future more personally beneficial moment? I don't see the point in wasting it now, do you? <laughs> yeah. So at some point, Royce is going to so use this yeah, as a, as a, a little blizzard. bit of fire. To this give. is why your philanthropy and good works are not good. <clears throat> No yeah. good deed goes unpunished. It's so funny. So, yeah. yeah, and then they come down and she brings, she, uh, she says that there's a, a dude that has information on who killed their dad. And he'd only talk to Alric because she's a girl. And uh, gets gets him alone mm-hmm. in the kitchens. And Hadrian just immediately knocks him out. Hilt of the sword. <laughs> She's like, "You didn't? I told you not the, to hurt him."
1: The hilt of a, or the butt of the sword, I guess, just right in the
0: back right of the head, right in the noggin. Yeah, he'll <laughs> live. Don't worry. <clears throat> oh yeah. They,
1: they basically tie him up, um and then that's when that's when they're able to go down into the sewer.
0: Mm-hmm. They have um, this moment of reconciliation too, almost. Ulrich talks about how they don't... Arista and him have not really spoken to each other in years. Yeah, that's true. And uh, he says, so you want to be friends? Yeah, so they, they like, have this reconciliation moment because they're the only family they have left. Yeah, before they you, go you
1: know action. from all this in their conversation, you know that they've had issues with each other, mm-hmm. Ulrich and, and his sister. So yeah. he... So there's already a little bit of tension between them, which will be come up later on.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But so we we don't know too much about that. But we do know that they have they don't really see each other that often either. Mm -mm, No. So
0: so they're kind of renewing their relationship a little bit here, Mm -hmm. but then he immediately gets knocked out they put, in, put him in like a potato sack his head in a potato sack and they just yeah. haul him down into the sewer and she's, she reminds them listen, Gutaria prison um, and she gives him a ring it's the ring with the seal of royal seal of Men- mm-hmm. Melingar on it to prove his identity and she says without it unless you encounter someone who knows his face Alric is just another peasant return it to him when you reach the prison he'll need it to get in We'll hold up our end of the bargain," Hadrian told her as he and Royce moved to bundle a bundle body of the prince toward the open toward the open basin. Uh, and then they go, and she says, "Remember, go to Guitaria prison, speak to Ezorhad, and please keep my brother safe." Yep. And then they're on this. Oh no! So they're at the end of the. Um. Uh, they're at the end of the sewers, and Royce is going to procure a boat so they can go down the river. And it's yeah. just Adrian and the, the king at this point. And he tells him to shut up. I'll have you so flailed to death. Release yeah. me this instant. He's, he's waking up now, and he's mm-hmm. mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll be quiet, or I'll let you go into the river, and we'll see how you will while you tread water with your hands and feet tied. You wouldn't dare. I'm the king of Melangar, you swine. Oh, man. Hadrian kicked all his legs out from under him and Prince fell <laughs> face down. So dunks he just lets him. <laughs> him struggle in the water. Just dunks him. Like, I think he does twice. He dunks him. Yeah, so, he does. And then he shuts his mouth after that. So they found a fisherman's boat, took the liberty of commandeering mm-hmm. it, and they start sailing away. Start sailing on and they, <clears> the Gallow- Gallowire River? Galeweir, I think. Galeweir.
1: You know better. I mean you'd listen to the audio, but
0: uh he pronounces it Galeware. Galweer. Okay. The Galeware River. So mm-hmm. they they're then they're just floating along. Royce is using the tiller and Hadrian's kind of just pushing with a pole to keep them out of mm-hmm. away from the edges, right? And they're just floating. They don't have any way to steer or to well they can steer, but they can't propel themselves. So they're just going downstream, chilling. Lazily by. Gives you some 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 good description of the countryside as they go, and it's it's a it seems, seems pretty pretty nice, pretty nice early autumn day or late autumn yeah. day. It's starting to get cooler, um, but it's a nice day. Yeah. And no one notices them as they just float on by. No one stops them. Yeah. No one pays pati- particular attention to them.
1: And then uh, <clears throat> this is when they <laughs> they realize that. Um, Aldrich is uh, being very still. Right, he's just they—they're kind of talking about becoming fishermen and yeah, uh, what, the, what that, that life
0: would kind of be like. They're—I love it. They're just like trying to get away from thieving. Maybe we should be fishermen. Fishermen, Royce asked dubiously. This is pretty nice, isn't it? I never realized how much I like the sound of water lapping against a boat before. I'm enjoying this—the buzzing of a dragonfly, the sight of the cattails, the bank just drifting lazily by. Fish just don't jump into the boat, you know. (laughs) You have to cast nets, haul them in, gut the fish, cut off their heads, and scale them. You don't just get to drift. Putting it that way makes it sound oddly like more work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah. So, maybe not fishermen for you guys. And then Roy says, you think he's still alive? Adrian's like, sure. He's probably sleeping. Why do you ask? I was just pondering something. Do you think a person could smother in a wet potato bag? (laughs) (laughs) Think. <laughs> oh, and at this, Hugrind immediately jumps up and thinks, "Probably, <clears throat> I really hadn't thought about it this na- until now." He got up and shook Ark but the prince did not stir. Why didn't you mention something earlier? It doesn't. It's funny because I don't know if Royce even realized it either. So, oh man. It's just good. So Alric's making a ploy to try to escape here.
1: So then, so basically, Hadrian bends down to check if he's breathing, and then Hadrian, area uh, uh, the prince, kicks Hadrian down uh, back towards Royce, but then a uh, Hadrian of course, is on them already. You know, Royce looks back, and Hadrian's already back up. And
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, Royce is just kind of standing there, sitting there, amused. Yeah, Royce,
1: he doesn't even move. He's just like,
0: him. <laughs> they have to tie him back up, and Hadrian sits back to rest. And Royce says, "See, that's more like fishing. Only fish don't kick, of course. Okay, so it was a bad idea." <laughs> and then the prince just threatens them, and blah, 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 blah. of course, he just he realizes to- who it is.
1: Yeah, and this is just. You know, we kind of get some of the prince's, uh, Aldrich's uh, personality, and we don't like him essentially. He is just annoying. I mean, he has been kidnapped, but just throughout this entire chapter, you kind of realize who he is, and he's,
0: yeah, not an awesome guy. <laughs> so they have this argument where he's like blaming Arista for helping them escape, which is true, she did help them escape. Mm-hmm. And he says that she wants the crown. She's always wanted the crown. Um, and he he refuses to believe that she's actually trying to help him, because they yeah. they explain to him why they're doing what they're doing. She asked us to to take you to this Guitaria prison. He has never heard of it. Um, and they're just they're just on this way to this place that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just believes wholeheartedly that she's trying to get him killed. Um and they they you know they're actually conversing with him and they're like we we could have killed if we wanted to kill you we would have killed you by now you know and he yes. thinks that they're murderers he thinks that Arista's planet plotting to steal the throne um and he just kind of is in a, a state you know mm-hmm. yeah and it it uh. It finally occurs,
1: so, so as they're talking and he's getting all of his emotions out, he's saying, well, my sister, you know, he, he kind of explains to them that his sister, he and his sister have had issues in the past. And he says, well, she's probably setting me up and she's setting you guys up as well because you're with mm-hmm.
0: me, you know.
1: So yeah. what makes you guys think that she's telling you the truth? And they don't know that. They just saw <laughs> a way out and they, they took it.
0: It was like the only way they could get out. If if we didn't have to kidnap you, and there was a way to get out, we would have taken that one.
1: Yeah, and uh, in uh, in Prince Ald- um, Aldrich's defense, he or Alric's defense—I keep saying Aldrich, but it's Alric. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, in his defense, he actually comes up with this theory, and they're heading. You know, they decide to go to the Winds Abbey. Which, so there's a city called Rowe at the end of the river, which is kind of big. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but they decided to go to the Winds Abbey because there's monks there that um, would help them,
0: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So far. I mean, the obviously, they're, they're going to the hospitality. Yeah.
1: yeah. But they'll need to stop at some point. So he comes up with this theory that there may be archers on the the shoreline.
0: Chill Killers no, makes... waiting along the bank. Yeah. Mm
1: hmm. And he basically is like, well, uh, she'll have killers waiting along the bank. They will murder us. She'll say, you two killed me um, just as you killed my father. And, of course, um, she'll have a, a wonderful barrier. And then um, guess who's going to be coronated then?
0: Yeah, her. her.
1: So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, his and they just theory sit there. actually makes sense, mm-hmm. you know,
0: Do you need more proof? The prince went on. You say this fellow hired you. We was called DeWitt. You said he was from Calais. Mm -hmm. Arista returned from a visit there only two months ago. Perhaps you made some new friends. Perhaps you promised them land in Melingar or in return for help with troublesome father and brother who stood between her and the crown. We need to get off this river, Royce told told Hadrian. You think he's right? Hadrian asked. Doesn't matter at this point. Even if he's wrong, the owner of this boat will report it stolen. When news leaks out that the prince is missing, they will connect the two. Hadrian stood up and looked downstream. If I were them, I would send a group of riders down the riverbank in case we stopped, and another set of riders running fast down the Westfield Road to catch us at... Is it Weissend? I think it's Weissend. Down us at uh, Weissend. Sorry, Ford. Weissend Ford. Sorry, I had to turn i'm on the e- ebook so it's kind of uh, <clears throat> it would only take them three or four hours which means they could already be there royce concluded we need to get off this river hey, <laughs> <you> and, <Ted. laughs> and i love this part so at this point you're like ah, the boat came into view of weiss ford a flat rocky area where the river widened abruptly and became shallow enough to cross farmer weiss had built a small rock shelter of split rails to close the Close to the water, allowing his animals to graze and drink unattended, it was a pretty spot. So blah 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 blah. The moment the boat entered the shallows, hidden archers launched a rain of arrows from the bank. One struck the gunwale with a thud. The second and third found their target in the royal falcon insignia emblazoned on the back of the prince's robe. So the freaking first two arrows goes directly into the prince. The yep. figure in the robe fell from view into the bottom of the boat. More arrows found their marks in the chest. So, as you're reading this, what what are you thinking?
1: As you're kind of like <clears throat> freaked me out at first because I was like, "Oh, okay, well, okay." They <laughs> 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 just caught the prints. but then, but then as they like continue shooting the arrows, then I then I realized, "Oh, okay." They set up a. They just set up decoys, essentially, which was a good idea.
0: Yeah, it's official. We're dead, Royce declared calmly. Comic- <laughs>
1: they're just in some bushes along the... I think they're up the hill a little bit, so they're watching this all from mm-hmm. a distant hill.
0: Yeah, If it, interestingly enough, the first arrows hit Alric, and they're re- concealed in tall gra- concealed in tall field grass atop an eastern hill overlooking the river upstream of the ford. So, now now do you believe me, the princess? It only proves that someone is indeed trying to kill you, and they're not us. They're not soldiers either, and they're not... and. and or at least they aren't in uniform, so they could be anyone, Royce told them. How can he see much yeah. so much? The arrows, their clothing, I can only see movement and color from this distance. Hadrian just shrugs. So I love how Hadrian never explains it, and Royce, they never explain why Royce is so, like, he can just, like, disappear when he wants to, and he can see and hear yeah. much better than anyone else. And they're just, like, I, f- I feel like a lot of people bring it up. Like yeah. they never they never deign to explain why <sighs> so they wore they're wearing the clothes that Alyssa, or not Alyssa, arista provided he's wearing the clothes that Arista provided for him um, it won't be long before they discovered they've only killed three bushels of thickets wrapped in old clothes. Hadrian told Royce, so I'd be quick. I love this, so. Wow what's he doing Alric? <clears throat> so he goes down the goes down the slope towards them right and He'll he get doesn't say anything no he just he leaves just goes and i love that yeah. they haven't they haven't explained this plan at all to to alric who has been there the whole time and hadrian just says i'd be quick he knows exactly yeah. what royce is thinking right and royce yeah. just goes goes down the hill and alric's like what is he doing he's going to get himself and us killed as well that's one opinion hadrian said just sit tight his I complete trust in, in Royce's abilities to, to get them out of there. Royce slipped into the shade of the trees, and Hadrian immediately lost sight of him. Where'd he go? <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> the prince asked with a puzzled look on his face. Once more, Hadrian just shrugs. He <laughs>
1: just ignores
0: him. Below them. So they, they converge on the boat. Two men remained with the boat. Just then, Hadrian caught sight of movement in the trees, a train of tethered horses trotting up the slope toward him and Alric. From the bank came shouts of alarm and cursing as the distant figures struggled to race across the field and up the hill. So he stole their horses. All of them, it looks like. And Royce is crouched down, hanging between the, the foremost animals. So he can't even be seen. He just he's between the animals so they can't see a rider you know mm-hmm. yep. so and he gets gets orders Alric to mount one of the the horses and they take off they're galloping down the road so Alric's on a horse and hadrian and royce are both on horses as well and uh race leads in the mile west, where westfield and stone mill roads intersected and again, this is parts where you kind of need a map to know where where what where they're yeah. at I, but, I
1: walked, looked at the map, but I love how I love how Royce just goes astray and he he leads them because he knows that they'll probably be tracked and followed. Mm-hmm. so he leads them north mm-hmm. while they're going west to the the abbey
0: yep he so he takes the train the train of horses. Uh, yep. North, north, or yeah, north, so that they think that they went that way. They if yeah. they get dragged and then he just ditches the horses and catches back up to them a few hours later, yep. and an hour later. So, just basically leads them off their trail, and they just go through. um do um, do. So they they don't even have anything on them. They no no they they search the sorry, Royce and Hadrian search the animals to see if there's any any way to tell who hired them. And they don't even have like they have a handful of bolts, crossbow bolts, and nothing. So they don't even have any bread or water. They clearly didn't expect to be out long. Why do you still have me tethered? <laughs> This is extremely <laughs> humiliating. This is the prince. <laughs> I don't want you getting lost. Hadrian replied, pre- replied with a grin. There's no reason to drag me around any further. I accept that you did not kill my father. My cunning sister merely fooled you. So he's still blaming Arista. And it's not mm-hmm. even like. He's not even like saying perhaps she did. Perhaps she did. <laughs> He's just clearly convinced. That Arista is have, trying to have him mm-hmm. kill, killed. It's and so you know what? Nice. What's that? She might. At this point do we really know? Yeah we have no idea.
1: Um yeah, the and I mean they say we have no proof who is her. If we let you return to Ascendant and she's right, you'll be walking to your death. So basically they don't have like none of them know what's going on. Right.
0: They're <laughs> so all they're just like, on this weird quest to find yeah, this Ezra a guy.
1: Alric thinks it's her and it it might be. We we don't know yet, but mm-hmm. I mean we're not positive it is. So I mean essentially all they have is um basically that prison to go to where this guy might be able to finally explain the situation
0: yeah you know? but if it really was Arista you'd think that she would just hire them to kill him yeah because they're thieves they won't and care we're just,
1: yeah exactly or just kill kill him herself or I don't know there's like there's easier ways to do it
0: yeah you exactly know?
1: so yeah so I don't I don't believe it's her um, at this point
0: yeah mm-hmm. But we don't know what this Gutiara prison, Gutaria prison has yeah, going on. Yeah, who knows? We don't know who this Hez- Ezra in person is, and we get a little bit more detail in the next chapter on, on those two things, but not a whole ton. Okay. Um, um,
1: so we're kind of going back and forth at this point. Um, he, Ulrich, is positive it's her. Mm-hmm. Um, Hadrian, Hadrian is basically saying, well, we promised her. So we're just Gonna go do this, mm-hmm. but they. Um, this is when they. Your know, they they do uh, bring up Kataria prison. Um, let's see.
0: Oh, I like this part. What proof do we have? It wasn't her. This is Auric speaking. Do you do you mm-hmm. still intend to escort me to wherever she told you to take me? Don't you think she'll just have another trap waiting? I see my death far more probable on the road there than on any other road. Look, this is my life. I think it's fair for me to decide. Besides, what do you care if I live or die? I was about to have the two of you tortured to death, remember? You know. (laughs) Royce paused a moment. He's got a point there. We promised her, Hadrian reminded him. And she saved our lives. Let's not forget that. Olerk threw his hands up and rolled his eyes. By Mar, you are thieves, aren't you? It's not (laughs) as if you have a sense of honor to contend with. Uh, oh shoot, I just lost my spot in the book. Dang it. Let's
1: see. And then uh <clears throat> we go on and, and Hadrian Hadrian's the one that is kind of pushing the journey and continuing it. He's basically saying, Well, we don't know she's responsible and we did promise. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love this. Royce says another good deed. You'll remember where the last one ended us. yep yeah. What page Which are you is on? True. Sorry. I'm on 90. Okay. Which is true, you know, Royce has a point. He always Royce always has a point. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. So this is where when they um decide to go to uh Windermere um, at the Abbey. And they, they know that the monks um, have a, c- a code or a doctrine that they have to help wayward travelers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is pretty much their best bet. They're exhausted by now. They, they need to stop, get some food, get some sleep.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> They've been traveling for a long time.
0: Oh, I like this part, too. Sorry, going back to this interaction they have. Uh, let's see. I'm too tired to think clearly. I doubt any of us can make an intelligent decision at this point. This is uh, Royce. And given the stakes, we don't want to be hasty. We'll go as far as the Abbey at least. We'll talk to them and see what they can tell us about the prison. Then we'll decide what to do from there. Does that sound fair? I'll heavily. If I must go, can I at least be given the dignity of controlling my own horse? There was a pause before he added, I'll give you my word as king. I'll I'll not try to escape until we reach this Abbey. Hadrian looked at Royce, who nodded. He then pulled the crossbow from behind his saddle, he braced it against the ground, pulled the string to the first notch, and loaded a bolt. It's not that we don't trust you, Royce said, as Hadrian prepared the bow. (laughs) It's just that we've learned over the years that honor among nobles is usually inversely proportionate to their rank. As a result, we pro... We preferred to rely on more concrete methods for motivations, such as self-preservation. You already know that we don't want you dead. But if you have have you ever been but if you have ever been riding full tilt and had a horse buckle under you, you underestimate. You understand that death is always a possibility, and broken bones are almost a certainty. There's also the danger of missing the horse completely, Hadrian added. I'm a good shot, but even the best archers have bad days. So, to answer <laughs> your question, yes, you can control your own horse. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to have a crossbow the, the whole time. Oh, it's great. So, they're just going a moderate pace. They Pretty much, it's terrible. And uh, they end up at the Abbey in the middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. And Royce is getting them there without any. Any need to consult a map or a road, he kind of just takes a, a shortcut through the woods, and he has an uncanny, uncanny sense of direction. Right?
1: Yeah. Which actually, have a this this adds on to my theory.
0: Oh yeah. About okay. him being an elf. Oh okay, okay. Because if you
1: remember when they were first climbing into the the castle to steal the sword, mm-hmm. he, he could see clearly. He was the one leading them. Right. Okay. I thought, okay. Well, well, doesn't there's he just?
0: Some, there's, what if he just has an uncanny sense of eyesight?
1: He could, but there's evidence. Okay, now
0: okay, okay, there's okay. like
1: three moments here where he is, and oh, oh, there's when they when they're seeing the guys shooting mm-hmm. arrows at the boat and mm-hmm. at them essentially. Um, I remember Ulrich was like, "How can he see that? All I see is like blurs and colors. You know, mm-hmm. you can see the guys, but not." You can't see how many or what color they're wearing. Right. But Royce did. Royce can I mean, just see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. But there's nothing else. I mean, maybe he has some uh, ancestral blood for some other race, but is could that be. necessarily elven blood? Because he doesn't have any <clears throat> elven features. Um, he, I mean, That's true. he doesn't describe him as looking like an elf at all. And yeah. he's he's um and it doesn't the only description of elves we have is that they're like full-blooded elves are fair and the half-bloods are nasty right yeah. and we don't have any other description of like their um like their senses or like mm-hmm. how well they can see or or hear or like disappear into the night or how how like how That's much true. alacrity they have I guess you could say so that is I agree that there is something going on with, with Royce at this point but is it mm-hmm. is it safe to make the assumption that Elf
1: oh no it's never safe it's never safe but I'd like to think it is because that would be awesome
0: yeah maybe we'll <laughs> learn more about, about Royce's heritage yeah. and past maybe yeah. we'll, we'll learn more but yeah. uh, I'm just I'm just you know trying to keep you a little grounded here I do like you're your trying theories, to be a realist keep keep your theories coming we like the theories we like to hear hear your thoughts here so um yeah yeah I, I agree I agree there is definitely something going on with Royce and mm-hmm. elf isn't a bad it's not a bad theory it's definitely not a bad theory <coughs> but it could be yeah. like he's kind of short too maybe it could be dwarf
1: could be I don't know there's yeah. something going on though.
0: We don't it's know what to find like. out like. Maybe he's half Goblin. Could be. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. So the next couple pages are it's just like them traveling. Just
1: right? Going through the brush. They're super tired. We don't need to go into all that. But yeah, Basically they get to the Winds Abbey. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they knock on the door <clears throat> and a, a little short monk answers it. And he's a timid guy. And he says, who is it? And Rose answers, it's wayfarers, cold, tired, and hoping for a place to rest. Um, This guy is really, really uh, timid and just kind of hesitant on mm-hmm. answering them and letting them in. And <laughs> they keep asking like, well, or they keep saying, you know, we have horses. What do we do with them? And then they basically answer their own question by saying, well, there's a tree out there. So we'll just tie them there. And then this guy is this little monk is like let's see where is it he was like relieved that they were able
0: to tie him up these. outside yeah
1: so it's kind of weird he's not you know we. i like that we he were, says
0: he's like the way he talks to is a little bit weird like yeah he, he says uh we were hoping to take advantage of the famous hospitality of the legendary monks of maribor do you have room i i suppose he stepped back to allow the entrance. <laughs> to come in you can we have horses adrian up to, er, interrupted really how exciting like who gets excited over horses <laughs> it's weird he, i don't know sounding impressed something oh, i would like to see person. them but it's very late so he, he's assuming that they want to show him their horses <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> They're like, no we're just trying to get them a stable for the night <laughs>
0: Oh, I see. The monk paused.
1: Oh,
0: man. Ah, Well, we had a lovely stable, mostly for cows, sheep, and goats, but that's not going to work tonight. We also had some animal pens where we kept pigs, but really don't either. That really won't do either. I suppose we just tie them up outside somewhere, if that's all right. Hadrian said. I think I remember a little tree or two. The monk nodded, appearing relieved to have the issue resolved, so he didn't know what they were going to do with the horses. So this whole yeah. interaction between him and them and the monks, it's night time, right? So... They, don't, they can't see too much, and uh, it's, they kind of walk through the courtyard following um, the monk. Um, we didn't mean to wake you, Hadrian said softly. Oh, not me, the monk said. I actually don't sleep much. I was busy with a book, right in the middle of a sentence when I heard you. Most unnerving. It's a rare thing to hear someone in the middle of the day around here, much less a dark night columns of freestanding stone rose beneath the cloud sky and various black silhouetted statues dotted the space the smoky smell was stronger so there's a smell of smoke in the air um, there's only thing that's burning appears to be the monk no not the monk sorry the lantern in the monk's hand um, and so the monk tells him he can stay they can stay here and it's like this tiny cellar right now at this what? point it gets cold <clears throat> it's windy and I think it's even raining right? And it's just an uncomfortable place. And they're here at this abbey. And the only thing this guy has to offer them is um, this tiny hovel. Is how it's described. Uh, Mm -hmm. Inside it was very cramped, filled with piles of neatly stacked wood, tied bundles of twigs and heather, two wooden barrels, a chamber pot, a little table, and a single cot. No one said a word for a moment. It's not much, I know, the monk said regretfully, but at the moment, it's all I can offer you. They, didn't, they don't have blankets or anything. So at this point, what are, you, what are you thinking going on here? Is there something up at the Abbey? Well, he says in the next page,
1: she said, uh, Royce says, the question is, is why? Like, why are we not getting the hospitality that we've heard about, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, who else is here? it would need to be several groups or a tremendously large party to turn us out uh, to this hobble. Mm-hmm. And then they say only nobility travel with such large, uh, pe- such large groups. So I don't know. I'm thinking that I'm thinking that there's something going on. Um, possibly a search party. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about that maybe, but. Um,
0: and if it's a search party, they could be know. in trouble. Being here, right? Yeah, they could like be right
1: below this entire search party. Who's there searching mm-hmm. for them? Um, so they kind of they kind of come up with a plan at this point as they're as they're moving things around and getting their little. They're they're basically going to sleep on the floor. There's one cock which the prince is going to take, of course. But <laughs> as they're as they're preparing their places to sleep, they say, "Okay, well, when in the morning we need to, you know, eat breakfast." But they don't want Ulrich to be outside and be seen, you know? right? So they they basically come up with a plan that <clears throat> they're going to be the ones coming out and um, trying so to figure gonna, out what.
0: Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. What's going on? No, that's about all I had. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna wait till the morning, get some breakfast, and leave early. He mm-hmm. says they think that the m- monks are going to be up way before they get up, anyways, to f- start breakfast. Yeah. And Alric is saying this is intolerable. I can't believe I'm being subjected to this. <laughs> uh geez. Spoiled. Considered a vacation, really Adrian said. If for at least one day, you get to pretend you are nobody, a common peasant, son of a blacksmith, perhaps. No, Roy said, preparing his own sleeping space, but keeping his boots on. They might expect him to know things like how to use a hammer, and look at his hands. Anyone could tell he was lying. Most people have jobs that require the use of their hands, Royce, Hadrian pointed out. He spread his cloak over himself and turned on his side. What could a common peasant do that monks wouldn't know the first thing about and wouldn't cause calluses? He could be a thief or a whore. (laughs) (laughs) They both looked at the prince who cringed at his prospects. I'm taking the cot, (laughs) Albrecht said. (laughs) And that is the end of the game.
1: So overall impressions.
0: Overall impressions. So far of the book is it living up to expectations?
1: It is, yeah. That that chapter is really awesome, really long. So I'm glad we only did that one because I, mm-hmm. um, I, I want to keep my information.
0: Yeah, well, set, we start. You know, we and, start the chapter with him, them like leaving for the mission, and we end up, yeah, in a completely different, yeah, exactly like, like
1: There's so many twists and turns in this chapter. It, it's just really, really fun usually in books by about the third chapter, there's just a lot of exposition still going on, you know? Yeah. You don't have a lot of action
0: or things happening yet.
1: We're already getting into the action on already things are happening to these guys. So I like that. This book just kind of sets off, you know, it kind of hits the ground running Mm -hmm. third chapter, really impressed with it it was a fun chapter to read um, right had a blast and i uh it's it's fun to introduce new characters um i guess we'll find out what happens I, i'm really interested um, these monks are really interesting or at least the one that we've met this was, mm-hmm. was kind of interesting a little suspicious so i wonder what's going on
0: and yeah we don't even know his name yet and no, they, he doesn't know their names either. Mm-hmm. He has no idea. He's just like, well, I
1: guess I have to board you, so mm-hmm. come on in.
0: <laughs> so the next chapter yeah. is, let's see. <clears throat> yeah, let's look. In How many pages?
1: Chapter four. It's called Windermere. Mm-hmm. And this, I thought, was kind of a bigger chapter as well. But let's look. It's
0: 40 pages. Ooh. As far as I know. I'm just doing the math here. What's what's the page count? So it starts on page 99, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. It goes to page 1
0: 130 139. <clears throat> 139.
1: Yep. So 99 oh,
0: to 139. Yep, 40 pages. So yeah, we'll probably just end up doing one chapter again. Um, this one is, okay. I, read it, I read it in advance too. I've already read this one. But I've read the book a, okay. many, a million times, so it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. It is pretty long. though. We, we get through a lot more things. Cool. Oh, it's good. It's good. And you, you see, and this is the part where you see a lot of, you're going to talk to this monk and you're going to get a lot more detail on the um, religions in the world. And uh, it's good. It's good. It's good information that really starts to build the the story can build from. So um, on top of that, you get a lot of good, uh, good moments and it's good. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. So um, I have I don't know if you got a chance to listen to that. I only did like I did like a three minute episode this week. Um, I did. Did you listen to that?
1: And it sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, I listened to the music. I, well, I updated the music. Um, I used an, a, a website called um, Ep- Epidemic Sound, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to do a little bit more research on if I need to be crediting the authors of those music. Those, the music, yeah, Epidemic Sound. So, um, but for now, I think it's open source. and I don't think I need to do that um let's see what else was there anything we're planning to continue to do the podcast every week um hopefully hopefully when the chapters start getting i don't know the chapters are long and there's not very many so the first book in the the first book meaning the crown conspiracy inside theft of swords book one of theft of swords um, has 10 chapters and we're on chapter four now so we're almost halfway through it um so it's only 10 chapters long and it's so the the chapter we might just end up doing one chapter at a time just because there's so much that that goes into each chapter they're not segmented as as Mm -hmm. much as other books so and a lot a lot stop a lot a lot happens so let's plan tomorrow next week Chapter Four, Windermere. I will get this posted tonight, and um, sounds awesome. I'm excited. We will um, continue recording. I'm excited. This has been fun. Thanks, Cajun. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the Fantasy Feast. We're glad to have you with us, and we'll see you next week.